Hi, Roisin. Hello, Connor. <laughs> so we're recording now. Okay. And Hi, everybody. <laughs> my knowledge college partner. I am. Um, we're partners we both, for each other. We are. We're partners for each other. Okay. And today, everybody, we are going to talk a little bit about um, the novel coronavirus that hit Ireland in March 2020. Mm. Um we're just going to talk a little bit about it, what it means for Ireland, what it means, I suppose, for people, just mm. our thoughts on, you know, how we think it's Im- it's going to impact society, our predictions, and then what we feel like we might, um, it's the first significant thing that's happened um, in our generation, I suppose, Um Connor, you pointed out to me, we've not lived through wars or anything. So this is the first significant thing for Ireland mm. and for the world, I suppose, in our lifetime. And we want to maybe, we don't know, maybe I'd like to see in, I don't know when we'll re- look back in this podcast, a year's time, five years time, mm. 10 years time, 40 years time, and just see, you know, our thoughts about was any of it true? Um, yes. What was the long-term implications of it? You know, did it go on for years? You know, what? How did it affect society? Because society was—it's I don't know the way society is now versus how it'll be down the line. So, mm. a few things to talk about. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And I think what we leading up to this, obviously, we were what we were thinking was this isn't necessarily a part of the knowledge college ideas that we had but we just said look why not just record where we are right now what our thinking is because as you said there this is probably currently the biggest event of our lifetime the the other big event that i can think of really was obviously 9-11 but that obviously it affected us to some degree but only Mm. minutely compared to a lot of other countries and that's why we said look Let's go ahead and talk about this because even though it doesn't necessarily fit into knowledge college, it's something maybe will be useful in a year's time or, as you said, in 10 years' time, just to look mm. back at what we were thinking or maybe someone in 50 years or 100 years, maybe this will add to the research of history. Who knows? But the thing is as well, Roisin, the reason mm. I particularly wanted to talk today is because we you we're in a bit of unique situation let's set some context first so as Mm. you said it's april 11th 2020 and we're in ireland Mm. as you said and basically the reason i wanted to read talk about this is because more from your perspective as someone who is number one a healthcare worker so you are Mm. on what people are calling the front line line. you're a front line legend hero and also Look, you I don't have, want to brag but i am <laughs> but another thing another great perspective you have is that you've had the covid19 already and exactly. you've been in safe isolation mm. for the past two weeks yeah, so basically things. yeah i think that i don't really have much to add to this i just kind of want to hear what you have to say about those two big things you're both on the front line and you've actually been one of the first people yeah in Ireland I'm in the point not first point not one percent of Ireland to get the virus Mm. now there we go yeah I know so let's say and it's and also it's difficult to know it's hard to know where the starting point is I'll say like I don't know we all know the basics of COVID-19 everyone knows it's um you know it's there's 
it's a coronavirus. We get that. Mm. Came from animals. Um, it's like the seventh coronavirus that exists. So that apparently for the common cold that we all get every year, there's four strains of that. So there are four different coronaviruses and you get reinfected with them. And then there was MERS and SARS. So that's grand. Mm. Um, and let's say... All, all I know, Connor, is that I can't remember the exact date of when it hit Ireland, but I remember um, I work in the largest acute hospital, we'll say, in Ireland, and there's a thousand beds there, and there was no cases. It, uh, my own trajectory is there was no cases. Um, I think I remember reading in my work email and it said on the 8th of March there was still no cases in my hospital. So the summary is I... Um, got, I was officially diagnosed with coronavirus on, or COVID-19, I should say, on um, the 31st of March. And, but previously had had the, um, another swab, which I'm convinced was a po- false negative now on the 17th of March. But mm. the summary is, um, it's difficult. I don't know. I um my own, I don't know what to say about my own experience. I'm, this is, here's what I feel like. It's my, it's more that the change in, so, so I'll, I'll, sorry, I'm a bit meandering through this now, but um, let's say if we take, I just want to start with this, you know, as well, the stat is that like 80% of lonely people have a mild illness, right? And then 20% will be hospitalized, right? And this is, so at the moment, we're hearing everything from the government where Ireland's a situation of lockdown. And um, yeah. the the whole point of this lockdown, and we'll talk about what the lockdown is, is that hospitals only have a limited capacity to take people. So let's say in, in my hospital at the moment, they're trying to clear out the hospital, get everybody out so that we're able to just take in COVID-19 patients. Um, and in the hospital, it's like, the the some of the lockdown measures are on so to stop passing of the virus you know everyone has yeah. to stay two meters apart at all times you know we're all wearing masks you know it's um yeah. limit all contact with patients limit all contact with colleagues um everything's been sanitized like not so um there's a general very fearful energy in place there's very generally fearful energy everywhere I feel like since it started because all you're thinking is you don't I you don't I'm obviously I'm 34 so I'm not you know I wasn't in the category where I was worried about getting a severe illness but I suppose you're freaked out are you going to pass it on to people Mm. um and they say one and this is see I don't and this is like these stats I'm just pulling out the general stats disclaimer well, before that you I, go into the stats there I just as I was listening mm-hmm. I just was imagining someone listening to this in whatever mm-hmm. let's just say 100 years just for argument's sake mm. and the picture you're painting there sounds so bleak and ap- apocalyptic I would say. <laughs> but from my oh, perspective it's extremely mild so from that I, yes. I just and I do think we should 100% we should talk about it. It doesn't, it, and I, I, it's like this, Connor. A few of the points I feel like I want to talk about is like the whole significance of our time. And the, I have two things, significance of our time and the insignificance to our yeah. time. Yeah, so exactly. Well, just, hit with, yeah, I want you to on. talk about that. But from, you've kind of said 
your perspective that you said there, I think, would be the general perspective yes. of what's mm-hmm. going on. For me, looking out and being in the world, mm. it's very mild. In terms of lockdown, what that word means is a lot of businesses have ceased trading and a lot of people are being told to stay at home. And whenever the only essential businesses are open, such as obviously things like supermarkets, the shops, the pharmacies, and the the only measures really that are in place there is this idea of social distancing where they have it marked out where you're mm. not supposed to be beside someone um, within two meters. Yeah. Apart from that, Roisin, there's not really much else... Well, you're not, you're supposed, this is the whole thing, only essential workers are supposed to travel. So you're like Mm. only technically, the only people that are supposed to be not working from home are, as you said, supermarkets, um, Mm. shops and hospital workers slash nursing workers or or any healthcare worker is supposed to not. So the thing is, you're only supposed to like exercise in the two kilometer radius of your house. You're not supposed to drive anywhere to get to, to have a, and you can't, and the other concept is you're not supposed to visit anyone outside your immediate household. So, yeah. and then the whole concept is if you have any kind of respiratory symptoms, you have to self isolate for two weeks. So you're not, and yes. that means you're not supposed to leave your house. Yes. Um, if you live with other people and you have symptoms and are, have symptoms and are, have been diagnosed with coronavirus, then you're supposed to actually stick to your one room in the house yeah. And if you have to go into the common area, you're supposed to be masked, disinfect everything, mm. well ventilated. So that's the situation. So let's say as someone in self-isolation, Connor, I was told, I and living with someone else, have to stay in my room mm. and, and do the whole shebang. So I'll talk yeah. about the, the implications of that. But you're not wrong. Like I was... Um, no, since yesterday I've been upgraded to quarantine status, which means I can go on a walk with a mask and stay away from people. But in, obviously, with our, the context of our lives, I it's not affected my day to day life. And all I did ever was really walk, meet you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you know, not saying that myself. And that's yeah, why it so doesn't it's really. Not, that's why it's not impacting us. Yeah. But it's, and, and also, I would have said that in terms of we're. We're, we're doing our podcast, I'm able to read, I'm re- I feel of a, a rich learning mind, so I don't feel, inverted commas, bored, like most yes, people feel bored, exactly. and I don't say that in a, an egotistical, oh, I'm so, I'm so much better because I'm not bored, I don't mean that, I just mean I have no more than this capacity, our, our whole principle of the knowledge college, I have an ability to think, I feel like a good ability to think, yeah. therefore I, the time I use as I also, you know, I you know I I believe I believe in God. I believe in you know whatever. If I got coronavirus, mm. you know, this is part of my path as well. So that yeah. there, this, what do I? What am I meant to do with this time? So that's another thing I do want to talk about. Like why the standstill it's caused a little bit, and where some people it does give some people have an opportunity to think. And exactly. get out of the rat race versus yes. then, but then other people, it doesn't matter if you, as, as we said, if we don't have the tools to think, there's other people that doesn't ma- matter that they're out of the rat race. Mm. They still aren't thinking because they don't have the tools. And that's, I don't know, that's the theory, Connor, right now. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Just two things then. And one of mm. these things is probably the only thing I wanted from my perspective to communicate mm. today. But the first thing is in relation to what you just said. If you turn this around, this mm. event is a huge opportunity 
for yes. people if you have the tools as you said to learn and to develop yourself because everything has now slowed down mm. a lot of people there's a huge proportion of the population i don't know what the numbers are now roisin but ideally we would have the numbers so this was more historically correct but let's say i in know Ireland, but let's say but you can still be able to piece back the date yeah the 11th of april i think just maybe about seven thousand in ireland at this stage i don't know but i was man. just talking What's in that? reference to the people who have ceased trading and who are getting yeah. governmental supplement financial oh, and supplements yeah. and that yeah. number is probably maybe 20 percent of the population mm. i'm not sure it could be as high as 25 percent but let's just assume it's 20 percent. so just imagine you're being paid now to stay at home mm. and for the next couple of months i mean in ireland it's definitely 12 weeks and basically the world is at a standstill as well so you now have three months to really I know, it's unbelievable. Paid, you have a paid three months to really develop yourself if you so choose. But as you said, a lot of people don't have those tools. But I don't mm. want to dwell on that. That's something we can talk about again. Mm. The only point I wanted to make about this is the reason, one of the reasons I see this as extremely mild, and I think you would too in a sense, mm. but I have studied probably one of the most interesting subjects you can study and important is history and i yeah. have studied a lot of history and when you do study that you can see that throughout all recorded history there has always been some event be it a war a famine a plague mm. that people have had to live through yeah and this the age that you and i live in roisin especially in ireland is that we have had a couple of generations now where people have become a little bit complacent because they haven't yes. had any major event in their lives. If you go back through Irish history, we have always been under siege and under attack mm. by another nation. So war and conflict was always a large part of our history, even in the last uh, many um, centuries. The the English Empire were we've had huge troubles with the English Empire, and it's only within the last hundred years that we have gained our so-called independence mm. and then before then in in around the 1850s around that period 1840s 1850s we had the famine and of course and if you read any stories about the famine people were obviously starving to death they were on the side mm. of the roads you would actually see people, see people dying die. on the side mm. of the roads there was people going around with horses and carts picking up dead people off mm. the road and just bringing them off and there was a lot of in a normal human life you'll see some type of tragedy some type of death and it just becomes normal then and it's not it's not that i've seen any of that it's just that i've researched and because i'm so interested in history when you read through history you realize that something always happens and now this is the only thing that has happened in our lifetime and to me when we compare it to history it's extremely mild because there's no one dying on the streets no. the actual death rates of the COVID-19 is extremely low the measures that people have to take in terms of social distancing and staying at home and mm. non-essential businesses closing down and this idea of lockdown it's extremely mild in comparison to history but yeah. the thing is a lot of people in our current culture have not studied history, have become complacent because over the last, mm. as I said, couple of generations, nothing significant has happened. So to them, 
this is apocalyptic. To them, this is the biggest yeah. event. <laughs> to them, this is crazy. And to them, a lot of them, a lot of people are in fear. And when you're in fear, you don't have an opportunity. Your thinking part of your brain isn't working. Mm, exactly. So you, and, anyway, that's basically the only point I wanted to make. No, and and I um, had that written down on my points to talk about. Um, and but and I think I started off with because, as you said, I wanted to paint the personal picture of what it looks like. You started off with, you know, the front, the concept of what it feels like on the front line when you're with everyone else. It's not necessarily how I feel about the impact of the virus, but it's how um, what the general feel of I I don't want to say like the the majority of people, but I think I'm just trying to paint them what the majority of people feel like because at the, of course kind of we're like everything that people the majority of people feel is what's put out on you know rt yeah. news right now and yeah. the way the information is fed to people is is it's not saying this is grand even though we know as you said you made the great point of oh as you said you know history so then when you put everything in perspective it's like, what the hell? This is not a big deal. Yeah, people, no one knows history, and then they're all all they know. And we always say, you know, you um, showed me the Truman Show, and you know the way your man Ed Harris, the actor Ed Harris, I don't know what his name is, character. He's the director of um, the guy in the Truman Show, and he's like, you know, people present the reality of um the world that's presented to them isn't it something like that people so, accept the reality yeah yeah of the world that's presented to them so yeah. the point is the world that's presented to, the world that's presented to everybody right now is via rt news mm. and by and everyone is the national know, broadcaster yeah. a, yes and everyone yes i keep forgetting to put this context in that is why you are so important because I was just blab on. You have to keep me structured. But the summary no, is, that, as you said, yes, no, but um, or like currently, I don't know what it'll be like, as I said, Connor, in 40 years, but you know the way every people are on, you know, their newspapers come up on their phone, they get alerts, Instagram alerts, all mm. of this kind of stuff. And it, it just gives you all that we're fed is here's the debt. This is how mm. many new cases. This is how many new debts. Yeah. And then, you know, they hit home with like, it's 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 funny, Connor, because I have a, I have a few perspectives. I have the perspective of I'm linked in with you. So obviously I haven't his, studied history like you at all. So I'm you know, dependent on you in terms of teaching me those things. Um, yeah, but you have done a bit. Don't sell yourself have, too short. You've done all a right, fair sorry, amount. Sorry, I have done a bit. Yeah. Terms, okay, but yes, actually, I don't know why. Compared to I the just, average person, well, we shouldn't compare. Your, I, no, we don't so know. I just, I would, that's what I would say. I would say you would know. You're so, I should put my myself in perspective. No, mm. compared to the average person, I know, I, I would feel I would know a, a lot. Mm. I feel I don't know as much as you, God knows. <laughs> but um, well, just you in history now. It earlier, we'll say than me and longer than me. Yeah. Um, but sorry, the, my point is that it's this. It's this. I feel I'm in this kind of triad. I'm I'm in the healthcare se sector, so I can see what's actually going on on yeah. a front that frontline basis. So here's what makes me not frightened: the people that. I suppose, Connor, I see a lot of death. And when you yeah. see, because I'm in that cohort that I see a lot of death, of course I do. Like, I'm. Roshan, can know, I just stop you there? Because yeah. you brought up a brilliant point that I hadn't thought about. Yeah. That would be a great framework to speak within. And yeah. 
maybe we should have talked about this before but look let's just keep going if we talk about this in terms of perspectives i think that's mm. really great and yes i outlined and we're always trying to control um encourage perspective taking yeah. yeah that's brilliant so let's let's start framing that and you yeah. said previously you wanted to share your perspective now and this is these are perspectives so what i've done is i have outlined my perspective i've mm-hmm. outlined a pers- my his a perspective that I have historical. through well that's not the of course that is not the historical pers- uh, perspective it's my interpretation um so that's wrapped up in in my perspective but yeah I try to do it as well in terms of historical knowledge but again it's through my own lens and mm. another perspective I just wanted to include here before we get to other perspectives is the perspective of the government if I was a government right mm-hmm. now I would be doing exactly what, what doing. the Irish government is doing in in putting out this quote-unquote propaganda to put people into fear so that they do follow these regulations because as far as I understand it Roisin the main thing the sound bites that we're getting from mm. the government and that's out there in many countries is this idea of flattening the curve of mm-hmm. the uptake of this disease and the spread of it and the idea behind that is our healthcare systems are not equipped to deal with a huge influx exactly. of people mm. with COVID-19. Now, when we come out of this, we may look back and say, well, it was very mild. We would have had the capability to deal with that. But because it's a new virus... Yeah, we don't the, know. Yes, the agencies don't know if we have the capacity, how fatal it is, what pressures it's going to put on the healthcare system. And because the healthcare system is so fragile, mm. they have to think worst case scenario. And that's basically what they're doing. And I think with the current knowledge that I have, that is a good perspective to have, even though it has, it is causing tremendous economic strain. People are in fear. We don't know if these measures are necessary. Mm. If, I were, if I was in government, I would probably take the same measures. And the only way you can get people to comply, or not the mm. only way, but one of the main ways is to put them in fear. And yeah. a way to do that is to constantly repeat these messages. I mean, Hitler was, uh, we'll have to take a look at some of the things that he says, but apparently he said, if you tell a lie over and over and over again, then people will begin to see it as the truth because it's just. Yeah the sound bites it's in the media it's what is people everyone is talking about and i'll just conclude this by saying from the governmental perspective of not knowing the extent to how this virus can affect our healthcare system which mm. is one of the most which is probably the most important system behind the economic system or it's maybe on par but it's really up there it does make sense from that perspective of what they're doing in terms of this idea yes. of flattening the curve, yeah, uh, putting people into fear so that they stay at home, which mm. stops the spread of the virus. That is just the basic, Say it's kind of like uh, taking it, as I said, from a worst, let's just prevent the worst case scenario and we'll go from there. Yeah, and then, and also then, if we're going on that government perspective, I have to forgive the way they deliver the news because let's say even in terms of the concept of flattening the curve is that you know it we will be able the hospitals will you know they're going to be at capacity dealing with coronavirus in theory and that Mm. it doesn't come to a case that I don't know so like let's just take an arbitrary number that like 
100 people need ICU beds and yeah. we have only 50 ICU beds. Therefore, 50 people can't get ICU beds and 50 people might die because the hospital just doesn't have the capacity to deal with it. So the whole point is yeah. lowering the amount of really, really sick people when, at any given time and extending that so that it's over a longer period of time. But on that concept, Connor, I'm so curious, like how long can this go on? Like the, mm. with the concept of if, if they say 20% of people have to get um, or need ice or will need that are infected with the virus will need um, hospitalization. Should sure, that's an in, insane amount. Like if yeah. there's almost 5 million in Ireland, that means there's a million people that need hospitalization. How, and you know, yeah. how are we going to de- deal? Like how long is this going to go on if that's the case? You know, so, and then the other thing is the way they feed the information is like, you know, mm. trying not to fear. It's like people can only, there's really interest. I don't. Ha- I don't know where to start here, because Connor, you might tell me. Because I there's really interesting concepts of you know why feed people this tiny bit of information. Why are they you know even on a does it stop them if they only give them two week periods of oh you have to stay in lock in quote unquote yeah. lockdown for another two weeks? Does that mean people don't lose their minds? You know I don't. You know does. Yeah, you know well, what would happen if they said you're in lockdown for six months because yeah. to me the stats of if 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 the projected numbers are correct sure how would we not be in lockdown honestly for years do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it makes no sense in terms of this flatten the curve should the will be a hospital capacity for for honestly i can't see how it would be a couple of years do you know what i'm saying okay well i don't actually it'd be great if you could explain that. I think mm-hmm. what we have talked out here is this idea of talking about this in terms of perspectives. Mm. And I have given my perspective. I've I've given my perspective on what a government reasons behind what they would do. Mm-hmm. And then now I want to bring it over to you, Roshin. I've written down some perspectives we can look at this from. Mm. We can look at it from the perspective of a healthcare worker. Yes. You can do that, which is great. We can look at it from the perspective of the general public, which I think yeah, you have a great... Agreed you have yeah. a great grasp on we can look at it from the perspective of someone who's had the actual virus that's it i agree and i want that's a big one because i want to talk about like how when you're actually sick from it there's more you have, you have huge frustrations with actually how is this even the fact that you're so isolated how is this going to help a human to be well like when yeah. on a just a basic tribal like lack of air lack of sun lack of, you know yeah. anyway immune well, do you want to start there then yeah with your I'll, experience I'll, of having here's what okay so um yes the way the way the way the sickness goes like i have had i'm in what you call the mild variation in that i have not required hospitalization just in terms of symptoms i've had i've had fevers um mainly extreme fatigue fevers loss of um loss of smell again it, it feels really embarrassing even seeing because it's all light symptoms connor if i could say it was like a flu i would say it's like a flu the only thing is it's very the only thing about the trajectory of it is quite um annoying is that it goes up and down so you think you're doing grand two days it's not like a regular flu and then you know it's not like oh i get worse and then i get better it's like you get you get worse then you get a bit better then you get shit again then you're mm. okay again it's really annoying but from my perspective then on a when you're when you're home thinking about the concept of everybody that's in social isolation and then you're away from your family you're not supposed to go near anyone and you're 
you're on an immune system perspective, which this is where the tricky thing is, you know, the concentration is all on, oh, we need to be getting, you know, the talk is all, oh, if only we all had a vaccine and all of this lark. And to me, it's like your immune system is the controller of whether you will have bad symptoms or you'll recover fine like every other bloody virus you get mm. it depends on how your immune system and the whole concept is the only people at risk are the, the more the people that are more at risk are the ones who have you know an are immunocompromised which means our immune system doesn't react to an invader the right way sometimes if you have an overreactive immune system because you're constantly um um in general our bodies it's it's there's so many tangents but our bodies aren't getting what they need um we're eating inflammatory foods we're in having an inflammatory lifestyle our body's in a lot of stress therefore our immune systems can become it dysregulated and then your immune system can end up not just attacking a virus but it can attack your own tissue and this is the whole point of coronavirus that you end up attacking your own tissue because your immune system let's say at the start was dysregulated so the summary is from an immune system perspective connor there is nothing that's helpful about um being in isolation as far as in this you know you're not you're not outside in air you're not inside you're not getting any vitamin as they say vitamin d now we don't again vitamins might mean but you're not getting basic human needs you don't get touch you don't get hugs which is all basic human needs. You can see your friends, you can see your family. Um, On a basic threat level to your system, you, it feels, it's, it's, it's so horrendous. You know, even I've had, even on terms of healing from the virus, I curiously have had temp spikes. One day I had a very stressful phone call where I felt like I was in trouble with my friend. I had to spike the temp that evening. Another day I didn't have a good day with you, spike the temp that evening. My point is, on the immune system perspective, like it is shit to be in isolation. I don't know how this is going to help people. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. So that's my perspective on that. Um, um, in general yeah um and then and then it makes you reflect on there's not it's not like any of the information the government is saying be well is it why why don't they cut out all the shit foods you know like mm. you know why don't they encourage what humans need to be well for mm. immune have immune health you know no that's not communicated you know mm. you're thinking that's our biggest that's the biggest thing you can um, help in this situation to combat it and yeah. there's no word about that so that's does that make i hope i don't know yeah. if that that's my own feelings that i would kind of say yeah no that's great from someone who's been in self-isolation mm-hmm. for this long two weeks and or you, more and um yeah two weeks and hitting the third week yeah but anyway to hear from that then, perspective can i will i talk a little bit about my perspective from a hospital perspective yeah from that perspective um here's the thing in the i uh, uh it's so funny because let's say when coronavirus hit i actually was out with um, now query query tonsillitis and i'm now as i said i've said at the start of this podcast that i don't know was i 
a false negative and that technically I would have had a coronavirus back then. I don't know, but the summary is I was more fright. You know, I was at that time I got hit with the, the fear monger and the propaganda stuff. And I was, you know, more frightened about coronavirus. But mm. funnily, when I went back into the hospital environment, when I started work again, you know, you get back into, you know, who actually dies, who yeah. are again, and then it's hit in the face. You're like, oh no, the actual people that die are the older people that have 10 comorbidities, i.e. they already have respiratory, respiratory issues. They already have heart disease. They already had a stroke. They already were in ICU for, for three weeks and their immune systems are destroyed. They're the ones that are dying. And you hear this arbitrary information that, oh, one 30-year-old died. And you're like, well, who was this 30-year-old? <laughs> Do you know that yes. kind of with no illnesses? And I kind of am like, because in, in, from the evidence in my my area that's not you know and here's the and so there's that kind of right which makes me not frightened the second thing is i'm in death all the time people die in hospitals all the time mm. death is a part of life it brings up this constant thing of I feel people are so now people are not let die Connor like mm. I see constantly you know there's people that let's say you know, I'm a, I'm a speech therapist. So, you know, in an acute hospital, that means I look at people uh, with swallowing disorders. And that comes from, I would say, honestly, 90%, I know, once in nine, was so 70% of my case that are people with some sort of respiratory issue. And if there is a respiratory issue and, let's say, food and drink starts going down the wrong way, they have to do something called, that's called aspiration. The summary is that if you were, if, if, if statistically, if you were, start aspirating you know your morbidity you're just the, the chances of you living another year and a half to five years go down significantly and you you know you'll you're you're going to die you know you're going to die anyway so yeah. there's the concept of and i see people they don't let no one lets people die anymore it's like they extend and and i've all these ideas about they're extending death are they extending life as in you, mm. in, I know, and you said, that, and we know that's the phrase, you know, we're padding, what is it, years to our life, but not life to our years. Yes. So to me, there's this real resistance to death already. And and it's not saying, I'm not saying I want pro people dying, you know, it's not that. But at the same time, we, death was a part, again, if you look at the historical, I know it's, I'm, I'm overlapping here on my own, the kind of mm. historical perspective on it, but death is a part of life. People die, yeah. you know, vulnerable people die. That's what happens, yeah. you know. Um, and then just getting into other healthcare workers, Roshi, mm. other people in hospitals that you're working with, what, mm. what are they saying and thinking about what's going on? your workmates etc workmates are see do you know what this is the thing it's hard to know right now they're they're again i think they're in the kind of they're i suppose actually it would be good to actually yeah. state we're kind of what what stage are we roshan are we kind this of at the, the beginning is, middle I, we're not even we're, yeah, so let's say we're very much at the beginning that the surge, the quote-unquote surge, where the hospitals would be at capacity actually hasn't happened yet. For okay. example, take they cleared out, let's say, 500 beds out of my hospital and out of a like, thousand bed capacity, 500 were cleared out. Mm. We're now at 800 bed capacity. So capacity, the surge will be when the hospital is at 
thousand beds are full and you know it's the majority is coronavirus so this is what is tricky everyone is just kind of in this preparation fear mode right now in the hospitals you know it hasn't come to the point of we right now again folks you know let's say three weeks ago the reports from the likes of Italy which is which was hit before us you know they mm. were saying oh doctors were having to make decisions about who would get a ventilator and who wouldn't get a ventilator Ireland is not there yet anyone who want, needs to go to ICU goes to ICU anyone that needs a vent gets a vent so mm. it's not there the, the question is the staff it's like the whole hospital system's all over the shop though and that like you know it's staff are dropping like flies in terms of getting the virus now mild you know version of the virus but you know it's it's but in regards to that you just have to go into isolation for two weeks and then you go back to work exactly you go back to work you have to be 14 days from the start symptoms plus five days symptom free and then you're allowed to go back to work so those Mm. two criteria have to happen so we're reduced in staffing but then the hospital is lower in number so Mm. i don't know what it's going to be like though connor let's say when But another thing there roshan that you told me is that a lot of retired help health workers are also volunteering or not necessarily volunteering but are going back into work is that correct that they're supposed to be going back into work but at the same time i haven't seen on the front line okay. manny yet and I, and at the same time that makes any sense yeah again <laughs> this is it the front line and i'm like what do you mean go back into work it makes no sense that you'd send the vulnerable retired crowd back into work yeah, that's I mean, a good point, actually, it's ridiculous yeah. you know mm, the, 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 um so that's you know it's just trying to control you know the virus so connor and then there's the whole fear over ppe so personal protective equipment that we won't have enough and all this kind of stuff is going on like but so i would say early days of the virus maybe we'll have to do an update of when if the quote-unquote shit hits the fan and Mm. it is in the surge will there be making decisions over events or will it never come to that you know i'm saying i don't it's just and and no one as i said in our hospital has been young and died you know Mm. i it's a miracle these it's like this connor if the medical it's what i'm trying to say is the people who might die now with coronavirus 30 like if you take 30 years ago they would have died anyway from the illness they already had because medical stuff has come on so long so far that 30 years ago they would have died anyway do you get what i'm saying so the virus is basically the straw that broke the camel's back really exactly exactly you know you know you We're know on the, the way out anyway exactly we know the crowd i hate to say that but we know mm. our most of our patients are in that that we're like oh if they get coronavirus that's it because it's just one more bloody thing they can't yeah. they couldn't be dealing with you know that kind of way their body is already failing it's failing mega do you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely and then maybe to finish off roisin mm. can you let us know about the measures your hospital is taking in terms of your actual profession so obviously you are a speech and language therapist but yeah. you are now being trained in ICU and a lot of your patients are going to different hospitals can you just let us know how that works so it's like this you know I know people like how in God's name because everyone thinks you know doctors and nurses but the reality is people like speech and language we're involved in a lot of airway management things people still have to eat and drink and swallow is still important so you still so the point and then like you know the likes of you know even physios they have to do respiratory physio work on 
you know, people like coronavirus is, is primarily a respiratory issue. So mm. that's that means that we are still frontline. So what I would say is it's like this, Connor, because the whole concept is one in four people are asymptomatic, i.e. you might have no symptoms. That's the thing about coronavirus. Again, this is why the immune system is so important. You might have coronavirus, but you have zippo symptoms, nothing. Mm. You're carrying it and you carry it and you pass it on away and you have zippo symptoms. So the point is with, um, so sorry, that what we're doing is you're, you, because we're trying to limit the contact you have with patients as much as possible. You only go into a patient if you have to, if you really have to wait, it's a risk benefit ratio. Mm. Will, is, is this going to really push on the care and help this person get well from coronavirus or what other illness they're, they're have a difficulty with so then so that's I would say you so it's a lot more just indirect work trying to discuss with doctors and nurses about how to you know you're trying to instruct people how to manage their care from our perspective um in terms of there's no meetings anyone that can work from home is supposed to work from home there are no meetings you're trying to be socially isolated all the time just in terms of even you know a hospital runs on being able to get support from colleagues and that part is really shit because you're supposed to be staggering staggering lunches you're not allowed you know so there's no support that's quite because healthcare is quite an intense environment so the lack of it um support is hard the other thing is then you know there's constant testing um anyone has symptoms of coronavirus you, you have to it's all the personal protective equipment you know that's extensive you have to put that on for every you know basically anyone that's suspected of coronavirus or not you know um there's shortages on that um um anything else connor you're, you're thinking of and just in general no, no, that's great yeah. in terms of the yeah Healthcare hospital workers, are you kind of, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Um, no, other than everyone having to go out in self-isolation if you've got symptoms, which is constant, mm. the whole contact trace. Maybe one thing, Roshan, that I still mm. am not clear on is yeah. what your work, like what is the general, you mentioned people are, the healthcare workers are a bit in fear, are they, or is everyone apprehensive is what's the general kind of mood of the healthcare workers are they yeah. freaking out no i actually no because i don't know whether it's because we constantly like do you know what here's the reality if, I, if to say anything connor do you know what impacts us the most is the actual we work as a little mini tribe hospitals work like mini tribes as mm. tribes and I think the actual thing that's knocking people the most is the lack of community because of the social isolation. But the okay. actual general consensus is, and I, 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 I hate, you don't want to say, you don't want to generalize, but from my experience, um, everyone in healthcare gets stuck in. You kind of can't have this, oh, I'm terrified to get coronavirus attitude. Mm. You have to get stuck in. We have a whole attitude of you have to get in, look after patients. So there's a kind of a, you're not, I don't I don't think anyone in there feels frightened. Sure, you have to put on the PPE and you're a little bit more like you have to be more careful, which is hard. Mentally, you have a lot of a, more of a cognitive load when you go into a patient in terms of the, the amount 
of jobs you have to do and the whole procedures element of it, you know, everything has to be done a specific way because the infection control perspective. But honestly, no, I don't think healthcare workers are frightened at all, to be honest. Mm. You just you have to get on with it. But the, you know, you we deal with sick people all the time. So yeah. what? What? So another. What's the big deal? It's another sick person just because they've got coronavirus. It makes no difference to us, really. You know what I'm saying? No, now that's my personal experience and uh, the personal experience of the people I talk to. I'm sure there's a small cohort that maybe are terrified. But I think in general, if you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're someone that's getting in. You kind of there's no airs and graces about you. You can't. You have to get in. You spew them on you all the time when you're in hospital do you know that kind of way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly terrible smells everywhere you know, well you, as long as you stay away from me for as long as possible then all right <laughs> i'm immune well, we'll talk about uh, that now, whether i am or not but i think i am yeah well do you want to talk about that or what do you think um that's another, I think, I, um, I just query about the fear-mongering thing and the control element of this, Connor. Just a little bit of this is, I'm looking at the, you know the way, I don't want to say on a conspiracy theory perspective. Mm. Well, I <laughs> like, thought we were going to get to that at the end for the crack. We <laughs> get that at the end for the crack. And it's not conspiracy, but, um, well, I don't know, have I lost my chance on the conspiracy theory element of it? What were you going to... Oh, well, you were just explaining in regards to you being immune now after... Oh, yes. So the summary is, you know where they talk about the immune... So so here's the deal, you know, this is... it's. I just want to talk just a general about... um, the you know, the theory on immunity and non-immunity and all this lark. So, you know the concept of if you get a a virus, there's some viruses typically, if you get them, then you are immune. E.g., let's say chickenpox. Once you get chickenpox, you're immune to chickenpox. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you say you, that the virus can reoccur in the form of shingles if your immune system, they say it remains dormant in your system. And if you have very bad health at a period, your immune system goes down, you can have a recurrence of something called shingles. But let's say for this, it, there's a few theories out on it. Like most viruses, we're exposed to viruses all the time. And then our immune yeah. system deals with it. Once the immune system is exposed to a virus, it develops antibodies. And then when you're exposed to the virus again, you have a system to deal with the virus and you're not going to get the same level of sickness. Um, so this is the, the theories on this. Some people say you're immune. You would imagine you're immune for a year or more years. And then other people are like, then the other concept is that coronavirus is your common cold, that there's the four strains and that you get immune, you know, for a short period of time with them, but then you get reinfected with them. So, and then there's this other fear mongering thing put out there that they say, oh no, we're in Wuhan in China, where this mm-hmm. is supposed to have originated. China. <laughs> I know. Actually, yes. Currently, in in our history, Donald Donald Trump is the president, and he kept calling it the Chinese virus. <laughs> and then people, why do you keep calling it Donald? Why do you keep calling it? That's yeah. racist. It's racist. To call they call it, it racist, and he's like, "Cause why do you keep why do you keep calling it the Chinese virus? Because it came from China." <laughs> Brilliant. So the summary is it's supposed to have come from China, but then you know the Chinese, some of the Chinese, there's other rumors out there that came from the States, and that's where mm. all the conspiracy theories about whether it's man made and all this comes mm. from. But the, the summary on the immune system thing is um, they're saying that, like, you know, there was a few people reported cases in China where they tested 
positive for the virus, then apparently recovered from the virus, then tested positive. Uh, then tested tested negative, then tested positive subsequently a few months or weeks later as if they got the virus again. Okay. I don't know, Connor. Can I say a, a Roisin theory is that, and even from my own experience of it, I think you're maybe, you might get it, you're, it's a little bit dormant, you might have some recovery and then it flares up again. I mm. think it's kind of um, a funny virus. Yeah. But maybe Roshin, I mean, we don't know anything about this this mm. level of uh, medicine, but maybe is it the same with just a common cold where you can have that in your system, but as you said, you're asymptomatic, and maybe we have it a lot more than, maybe we have viruses all the time and we're just that's asymptomatic. That's the concept, and that's why the immune system concept is like, it's all about bloody your immune system's ability to manage it. Mm. And if you're a bit run down, you get a cold because mm. your immune system isn't as able to manage at the, mm. the, that, the virus that day. Or if same, for example, like there's always times when Connor, I'd have a cold, you don't get the cold from me, you're fine. Or mm. you get cold, I don't get the cold from you. You know, it's like, so it all depends on your immune system's ability on at a given time to manage something. Yeah. So this is the so so this is the thing. But this is the immune system thing is why we'll bring in. You know, I'd like to talk about at, at about you know the concept of vaccines and then yeah. the the fear around you know this running this vaccine situation where they're trying to promote constant vaccines for okay. things the question over that so the summary is i'm going to believe that i am immune based on my knowledge of the immune system that yeah. i'm immune for at least this is what i think your immune system will have some antibodies so if i'm ever exposed to the virus again my immune system will recognize it quicker potentially yeah that's on my limit knowledge of the immune system as it stands yeah. i think yeah. but as i said are they do they put out these quote-unquote blackie stories <laughs> Well, we'll have to explain that in another podcast. I know, we'll explain story yes. again in the podcast. But again, I'd like to know the origin of who are, I'll just say this much, who are these people that got reinfected? Tell well, me. Let's, let, yeah. let's, rein you, let's rein you in a little bit here <laughs> before we get to, before we get to yeah, big conspiratorial. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, yeah. I do indeed. We may see if we've got time to talk no, about some theories down the line. But before we do that, <laughs> can you give us, you covered a little bit of it already, mm. just the general public then, Roisin, what is their perspective? The general public are freaking out, mm. in my opinion, mm. in, my, in my experience of them. And I know that because them as well, when you, when you, it's like this, Connor. Everyone is going around, like, for examples, the general public don't know much and they're going around with masks, they're going out with gloves, even though mm. if you don't have to use them properly, they're actually more risky in terms of virus control. Anyway, that's an aside. Um, all they are is like, oh my God, there's no, this is how many deaths. They're all looking at their updates constantly. This is how many deaths are happening today. Okay. Um, they're... You know, do you know the way at the moment so children aren't allowed to play together? They're just like really freaked out about when are they going to see their parents again? When are they going to see? When can their children? It's a, it's a real load on parents and mm. families because they can't go outside the door at the moment. Everyone really hangs on everything the government say. So they don't know. It's like they don't put two, 
Now, obviously, I'm in a unique position because I work in healthcare. So there, nobody seems to put, it's interesting, people don't seem to put two and two together about the length that if the based on what the government are saying about flattening the curve and us keeping hospitals at capacity, how in God's name, you know, so, so the government gives you the, oh, we'll have to stay in lockdown for two more weeks. And then everyone goes, let's just get you this two weeks. And I'm like, how is it going to be two weeks based on the numbers? Mm. Now, But everyone else seems to be hold on. It's interesting. People seem to hold on to the hope. They're like, maybe in the two weeks, it's possible that we will be released. You know, so mm. they're, I think people need to go on these two week blocks because anything longer is mm. too overwhelming. And I'd be curious to, you know, as a social experiment, you would be curious to see if they said, well, actually, you're going to be in lockdown for a year. What would happen? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but in general, I don't think everyone is like, it's funny what they say. They're like, this is unbelievable, isn't it? It's a, as you said, a po- as you said about how I described it at the start, which was more about the public perspective. This is apocalyptic. Mm. It is the worst thing that's ever happened. And the concept that they can't visit their parents is in is mad to the people. Mm. The concept that they can't freely go wherever they want is like the most terrible thing that they've ever experienced in their life. The fright, the fear that they can't pay a mortgage, you know, for for a few months is is the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their life. Do you know this kind? The fear yeah. that you can't go to the shop every <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah. You know the thing that you can't have your children in crash. You know. Mm. You know. So what I would say is. I feel the general public is hanging on the national broadcaster RT News. They're hanging on every update they get from their phone. They're very frightened. Mm. They, they're living in a dream world, Roisin. Yes. <laughs> or at least they were. Sorry, they were. They, they were absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. The concept of how disconnected they were to that things could happen differently yes. to going to work, doing nine to five job. The concept yeah. that you have a child and you won't be able to put it in full time childcare, that you'd mm. actually have to mind mm. your own child at home constantly. Yeah. yeah, and you know what too, we've talked about this, I know I'm interrupting, but yeah. I have I don't know if you'd call this a cynical viewpoint, but let me just express yeah. it anyway. No, you tie after No, 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 no. I want you to keep going. It's just right. my <laughs> cynical pessimistic viewpoint on people's current mindset is that from another perspective it would be better if things got worse and worse and more people died because it might wake people up a little bit to think about something that's not about everything revolving around their own reality and existence and lives of what they're experiencing today people have no perspective on just general history just general life outside themselves and sometimes you need a good catastrophic event to shake you up a little bit i know connor and as you said it's not as they said like you know there's the meat the meat there's a meme going around as in you know i don't know what the description of a meme is but um people look up meme (laughs) anyway the summary Mm. is a meme going around you know we're our, our ancestors they say this stuff but again as you said it's sound bites so they really registered that our, our ancestors had to die you know for their country and we're mm. just being asked to stay at home and watch netflix 
you mm. know. Yeah. And when you think about it, even that, and even again, Netflix is another just distraction. So mm. the problem is, it's a pity we do That's have. That's a great Netflix. point. That's a great yeah. point, Roisin, that you just said there. Mm. Distraction, because even though that meme might be out there, people are not going to think about it because they're just going to go back to watching Netflix. Exactly. Whereas, if, whereas if like the grid, whereas let's say there was no electricity and mm. people had no distractions and they exactly, didn't, Connor. They didn't have to think about it. Exactly. And and I think, and this is where, as I said, we, we really hope the knowledge college is really important in that. As I said, I would say, for example, I'm even Tom on my own. I, I'm, I'm observing the people that are, let's say, we're very much in a world of distraction already. And then there's people that are in, I feel that were semi-open their minds to thinking about things. So yeah. I was using, you know, my own, I, I, I'll say my own brothers, is, my younger brother, is yeah. a, he was like my younger brother. Again, there was times where I would have been, he set up his own business. Again, he's in healthcare. He was very much in the, you know, the the rat race to a level like not in the rat race he wasn't an employee anymore and there's a level of you know he open he started he self-employed was working for himself which gave him I suppose you think is a little bit more out of the rat race and that you can control your own time to a little bit more but then mm-hmm. as you know, with being self-employed comes all the pressures of you know oh, I need to earn more money I need to earn more money I need to build a business I need to earn the money so and obviously the proving yourself concept that comes into I'm I have to prove that I can do this and then you get totally wrapped up in the proving you can do this and proving you can make more money so I was a bit a little bit worried but I was still said that he um he was in that rat race I was worried about would he have time to step back and think about you know was it what were the reasons he was doing it for um yeah. and was it just for money making was it to help people you know because he would have been going on the guy the thing of you know no this is going to help people but then you have to question well is it just to make money that I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and I don't take more time out of this business anyway I don't know if I'm making myself clear but my point is that he let's say now he's a private private business owners now he's been forced like all private business owners right now to close the business and I would have said that John was had a um was definitely had a capacity was open had a capacity to think but maybe didn't have was in the early stages of thinking about things wasn't um maybe wasn't as as um maybe didn't have as many thinking skills as I can't say this man I, I I mean I don't think he's as many thinking skills as we do is the summary but mm. he's getting there is what I would say and I feel then now he's coming to me with all the because he's been forced to have this break he's like um now and he's in a more rural setting which I also do think helps and he has to be outdoors more just by the nature of you know, he's on my parents' farm and he's, I suppose, more connected with just general nature and different things. Now he's, I see him talking, thinking about what this is, thinking about what this means historically, thinking at, looking at 
what the go- we're being told by the national media and looking at it more critically, yeah. looking at different perspectives more critically. And he yeah. says, purely because he has this time, this yeah. forced time period. And now he's actually having the space to think, which I think people don't get typically. Yeah. And because I feel he had some basic thinking tools, I feel he he's thriving now in ter- mm. terms of of what he's he's covering during this time this is such an opportunity and he's seen it as such an opportunity does that make sense Connor? yeah no definitely Roisin and we have to hope that if we look at this from a positive point of view that a lot of people are in the same boat where it shakes up their reality a little mm. bit mm. and but gets convert- them curious about mm. things that are not within their previous reality exactly that and was created for them anyway and and exactly and um as you said you start questioning the thing it was well, what is reality is this real that's being presented mm. to us and the other thing is but then conversely what is think, real <laughs> <laughs> all right morpheus what is real <laughs> morpheus character from the matrix yes. folks look that up but anyway <laughs> connor is the morpheus no, i am not, i, I am i am neo mad. Yeah. No, not, am I not? Well, um, well, I'm Neo. What? No, no I'm joking. I'm not Neo. Not the chosen one, yeah. but I'm. I, I am solid the red pill. Anyway, all, all Matrix. Look up the Matrix. Or people. Cipher. Give me back there. Give me, give me, give me back to my stake in music. Yeah. No. But anyway, what yeah. I'm trying to say is, then there's conversely, I see people that maybe didn't have think like their thinking skills weren't developed, mm. and they are purely dependent on what what netflix show can i watch next wow. um oh my, oh god, my god i'm crazy. so bored what am i gonna do yeah, you yeah. know so it all depends on i as, as i said connor do you see this an opportunity because you have a capacity to think or you know and again you know anyway as i said i say that with me with all this perspective in the world that in 10 years time i might look back and say look at what again look how enlightened i thought i was yeah. in 2020 and i was an inny again you yeah, know well of course we will look back and see how ninnies we were i mean hopefully we will because that means we will have progressed that is the actual goal is yeah. to, you don't want to look back in 10 years and say oh look how smart i was because then exactly. you haven't progressed exactly so now, we can only say no now the only thing i'll say in relation to that roisin in regards to people's thinking mm-hmm. skills and this feeds in to the knowledge college is that people are so bored because mm. of the educational or as someone i'm studying now says that this educational system that destroys their creativity that destroys their initiative and proactivity in searching information because the educational system has trained people yes. that there's nothing to be found in books or me or educational materials and therefore people are indoctrinated at that period of their lives and then they just follow the script that they've been told at that period of their lives and hopefully through the knowledge college and the healthy coaches our projects we'll be able to help parents mm. install or help their children have some of these thinking tools to facilitate their creativity instead of destroying it Mm. and if you have a human who's in that state then they will have the impetus to continue that throughout their lifetimes and that's a problem that we have in our society right now is that people's 
as I said, creativity, desire for knowledge, understanding the capability of learning, just their their desire and their yeah. motivation to learn has been destroyed. You're so right. Yes. And yes. We're trying to reverse that in the very little way that we can. And yeah, and that and that is why you're so kind of I have to yeah, hit home with that. It's not and I and I should have said that at the start, like it's not people's fault at all. Mm. I you know I just have, I've been lucky, I've had opportunities to open my mind up again and really install mm. curiosity and also I've been very lucky with my my mom's influence on me in terms mm. of just, you know, analysing things more. Like again, I've been, that's I've a gift given to me even where I was born into, you know, so it's like, exactly. I'm not, we're both not, so fortunate. We're so fortunate. Or at, we're least not, we like, think, or at least we think we are. I mean, we, it could th- all, we think we're fortunate. It could all come back to ignorance is bliss and maybe to people who are just ignorant to everything and bored. Maybe they are better off, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see when all yeah, is said sure, and I know. There's not, it's not exactly being, an, it's not an easy road when you're, when you feel yeah. like you're not ignorant now again we could be ignorant still we well we're definitely yeah, well, we are, but still at but least we're thinking about how ignorant we are that's the whole concept <laughs> everyone going around thinking that their that their perspective is reality i know and that they're right about everything but anyway and, and, that's, well, and we might come full circle where we're like just no this just be be being ignorant is no is, is enlightenment and yeah exactly we don't know we don't know right now but look the one speak, thing Connor. the one double thing speak. we do know yeah double speak the one thing we do think we know roshin is mm. that learning and speaking about what we're learning it's fun right that's true so, so we're not bored at this time because we are learning like crazy we're talking about this we're thinking about this using your brain as far as my so my perspective is fun and that's is, something yeah. that we can't refuse anyway i think no exactly and who doesn't want oh my god your brain is so fun like mm. it actually that's the thing you want we were it's nearly tapping in there's an hour like it's like this kind of it's not like there's not a reward system in it it's not yes. it's, the reality is like our dopamine is firing non-stop mm. with um <laughs> we're getting such rewards from yeah. chatting about this and that's the thing and we're again lucky that that's instilled in us we associate reward with learning with yeah. using our brains and that's probably what's you know on unfortunately that circuit has been broke by the bloody as you said i don't know the way people have been educated and the way they don't like they dissociate learning with a negative um stimulus nearly yes. it's all negative yes 100 percent. well maybe this is a good transition then roaching and staying on the team obviously we're going to talk about education and learning etc mm-hmm. many of our podcasts a big theme of what we're doing here but mm-hmm. uh, in keeping with the idea of fun roshin maybe yeah. now is the time that we go on to our conspiratorial perspective yes <laughs> so again yeah. this is more for fun purposes we don't source any of these theories we don't know if any of them have any cranes at all but let's just i think we've covered the main perspectives and now mm. we can have a bit of fun with this what do you think yeah let's yes and, okay. and go yeah. ahead go ahead no all i was saying was like <clears throat> i've quoted stats and i haven't sourced <clears throat> my origin of the stats in different things but i guess mm. i think at the same time if people looked um back at this time 
you know, the, they know the day of the podcast, so they can look back at yeah, our source material. You know. Exactly, yeah. 100%. Yes, go ahead. We'll have a bit of fun. We'll have of. a bit of fun. So I'll I've offer... been having fun already, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, know. I know, I know, I know. But I, I uh, think that we were trying to be a bit more serious in yeah. the sense of trying to give Not a bit more information. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more general information that would be accepted mm. in the mainstream and now <laughs> do the opposite so i'll offer up one or two things Roshi, and then you can go from there so like, one one conspiracy and this is something that you and i have talked a fair amount while this mm-hmm. has been going on and it actually came up again i'm actually going back through some of the content that really helped me open up my mind to different perspectives and the and i want to present these uh, in the knowledge college just to let people know about them and let people know mm-hmm. uh, to be aware of them and that they might be worth checking out and the one that i'm going over right now roshin is zeitgeist by a guy a filmmaker peter joseph and in the first uh, zeitgeist movie was created in 2007 mm. and at the end of that he has a soundbite by a guy aaron russo is his name he was also a filmmaker and a social commentator he actually ran for some governmental position and he actually did quite well anyway he has a soundbite of Aaron Rousseau talking about his relationship (coughs) with Nicholas Rockefeller so one of the Rockefellers one of these proposed elitist families who allegedly have are in the group of people who, well, you can't say control the world, but basically there's a lot of conspir- conspiratorial ideas around certain families and the Rockefellers, I won't name that, come up. Anyway, in the soundbite, he gets to a stage where Rockefeller is telling him about events that are going to happen, etc. and so on, and Rousseau says, why are you doing this? This is bad for people. What's this all about? What's the end game? And mm. Rockefeller says the end game here is to get everybody chipped, put a microchip in mm. everybody and have everybody's money on that microchip. Mm. So the only way that people can trade is via this microchip that's implanted in them. And then he says, if anyone goes out of the rules or does something that we don't approve of, we just turn off their chip. So the idea is you try and get total control of the population by by having absolute control over their means of trade, over their means of earning an income, over their means of living, basically. And I bring that up now as a conspiracy because there it began in China mm. where people now, I believe, I haven't sourced this, but have a certificate on their iphone that says that they are vaccinated or that they cannot transmit covid19 and they are the only ones allowed out under the public or at least they're the first ones and this is that uh, what they have in their iphones i didn't realize I think that. so now i haven't researched it but then apparently bill gates uh who's a interesting figure who has who comes mm. out with some interesting theories and topics and it's not clear on his intentions he has now come out and said that what everyone should have is 
I think what he has said, and I need—I should have sourced this before, but look, I didn't. It doesn't really no. matter. It's all conspiratorial. I think that he has come out and said everyone should be chipped, and on mm. that chip, it will have a—it will have a certificate or documentation of what vaccines you have taken. Now, here's the thing. Mm. Let's tie all this together. You and I have often said that one of the strategies that the so-called elites do, according mm. to these conspiracy theorists, is mm. that they create the conditions that they want the public to take on. So, for example, let's say you go back to the Nicholas Rockefeller idea and you want the public to insert a chip into them to have all mm. their money on that chip. It would be unlikely that the public would accept that. So instead, what you want mm. to do as someone who wants to control people is instead of enforcing a measure upon them, you want to create a situation to where they actually desire the measure that you want to impose upon them. And the way that this is done or the way that this is, the, the, the logical progression is problem, reaction, solution. This is, I think I learned this from, I think there's a conspiracy guy, David Icke, who came up with this idea. But basically, the idea is create a problem, mm. and then so that the so that the public, the populace, are in fear. They're freaking out a problem, mm. and they're freaking about about the problem, and then that is the reaction. They have this reaction, and then you'll be then on the back end to provide the solution, mm. and then they will want the solution that you provide. But you need the first two steps first. You can't start with the solution. So if the end game is to get to a monetary system that's completely digitized and complete, has complete control, mm. a way you could do it is to create a problem, a virus, um, that means that everyone has to stay at home, total lockdown, etc. and so on. Then you have the reaction to that, which is outrage. For, for, so let's say the government comes out and says, everyone has to stay in for a year. There's yeah. going to be an extreme <clears throat> negative reaction to that because mm. people are not going to want to do that. So mm. then you say, okay, we're, here's a solution to that. Mm. The solution is if you want to have your so-called freedoms and to be allowed out of your house, what we have to do is put a chip in you and mm. on that chip, it's going to say if you have either A, being vaccinated, or either B, you have the immunity to the virus. Basically, we need to chip you so that we know that you cannot, um, what's the word, you cannot transmit the virus. And if you are someone who's locked at home, who's desperate to get out, you're a lot more likely to take on that the chip inside of you because it means you have a little bit of your freedom back. And that's the idea mm. of problem, reaction, solution. And then from there, Roisin, it's just a case of boiling the frog. Once the chip is in people and once they get used to the idea mm. of using that mechanism to communicate information, then it's just a step-by-step -step process. I think David uh, Icke has a term that he says, a tip-toe totalitarian. I think that's what he says. So you tiptoe up <laughs> to the totalitarian state. And that's all just that conspiratorial viewpoint. No, but that your your one is the most important conspiracy. And can I? You have you know the quote, Connor. What is that quote of basically? You know, you're you're in the biggest prison if you think you're free. What yes, is that again? I think it. I actually looked it up. I thought it was Voltaire 
French philosopher, but it was actually Van Gert, I think. And okay. he's Van Gert, I, how do you pronounce his name? Van Goyt, Van Gert, I don't, Van Gert. Doesn't matter. Very important intellectual of our time. And the quote is something to the effect of, none are more so enslaved than those who think they are free. Mm. Something to that effect. Yes. Um, or none are more enslaved than those who are slaves but do not realise they're slaves. Something to that effect. Yes. And um, and you all and and you and as you've said, Connor, it's the whole. Um, we, as you said, we people will want want the chip. They'll people, want it exactly. People want to be exactly. Is, and even when you talk about, there's the two things that in my brain. It's the the. The, the vaccines, the vaccine concept and the, and they, the some of them are calling immune passport and, you know, and you're saying it's on the phone in China maybe at the moment, but, you know, yes. would that be in the, and I had joked to you earlier this week, I was like, they can buzz off if they imagine, I said to you, imagine if the, <laughs> this is before I heard all your, you know, the whole, yeah. that they would have the record, the vaccines as a chip. I was like, imagine if they chip, because obviously we talked about the chip and things. Well, imagine if they chipped you and they said that that was what your immune passport. I'd be like, yeah. buzz off, you're not chipping me. Yes. Kind of thing. But the That's a great term. Is, Even that term is like, yeah. Immune passport. Did you immune get that passport. from the media? Is yeah, that yeah I got that from the media. I mean, even that is, is such like... talk. I know passport. Yeah, you can immune travel. passport. That's just... I mean, mm. they're so smart. They mm. obviously can hire the best, smartest propagandists, public relation gurus, marketers, psychologists. They hire the unbelievable... And then they come up with these words that just people... Then it becomes sound bites. And everyone's like, "Yeah, I want it. I want my immune passport." Yeah, you know, so it becomes part of the of the vernacular. Exactly, and, and that's the thing. And as you said, and as you you keep saying, as well, it's like it's not just a you want that bloody password yeah, so bad. Yeah. Yeah, a passport, exactly. passport. Sorry, because exactly, yeah. you're like, get me out with this quarantine. Yes. I want to be free. I want to be free again. Yes. Lol. Exactly. Free by being microchipped. Yes. And, <laughs> by having been constantly surveilled, yes. I'll be free. Yeah, hundred percent. And that comes back to <clears throat> that quote that you asked me to say, Roisin, was mm. none are more so enslaved than those who believe they're free. In that, oh. throughout history. If you were in chains, you knew you were a slave. Exactly. And the way that you were controlled was via physical control. Mm -hmm. But in the modern era, especially in the last hundred years, psychological technology of the masses has become so sophisticated, it's actually unreal how much we have been studied as a species and how mm -hmm. much the psychological masters understand and if anyone wants to, if anyone actually listens to this, the person who's the best example of this is Darren Brown. Mm. He, if you watch any of his shows, which are very entertaining, you will see how easy it is to be manipulated, to manipulate the masses. But the point is, Roisin, mm -hmm. the method of control today is no longer physical uh, control it's mind control yes and that's why yeah. the quote is so powerful of those uh, are no more enslaved than those who think they are free because the technique of mind control gets people in the modern world <coughs> to believe they're free when in fact they're more enslaved than ever i know 
and it, it, oh, it's Connor. It's 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 scary. And we've other we'll talk about other days about that. Just in general, mm. the feeling of the being enslaved and the nine to five jobs and the mortgages and all that. But on this note as well, so can I? I'll keep going on the the mm. the current COVID nineteen concept of you. You we've talked. You were talking about the whole money being you know digitalize etc yeah now when you think about the perfect storm for corona like in the total cashless society mm. you know there's uh, it's complete everyone you know you're upset and they and they also say corona is the start of the pandemics that we need to start hunkering down so this, is the, this is the message this is the absolutely and you said earlier who was this is the thing too all of these messages are the same across every media across the entire world who is who creates this message? Where is it coming from? Yeah, that's how what you have to ask. That's it, and that's it. You know, that, how do you know this is the first? Exactly. And why, well, and and, so and, and, and sorry, how, and actually, is they're like this is the first money. Again, how this is this is the hundred? I don't know. <laughs> this is what we tell me. This is the first. How about all of the other diseases that have been in the in the history of the planet being there? You know, they've yeah. where they've been like this is the first, and now we have to all hunker down because and yeah. and and as you said, Connor, this is the first. You know, i.e. the message is get ready. Mm. You, you we'll have to go into quarantine of some kind for the rest of our lives, yeah, and oh, let's, let's prepare for this. Now we'll have to move from cash because let's get used to the fact that we all know money is dirty. But now mm. we're all like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Don't touch your face, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your mouth. And then the thoughts of handling cash is is oh in your God, mind so right. the most revolting thing you could do. Which makes and now you're like you're cleaning your car and you're thinking, yes. fuck, I need to be sorry for cursing. You need to clean. You need to clean. <laughs> the point is. You do not want to be handling physical money now. You feel, yes. but it's not even just you don't want to take on her. You feel, I felt, I remember this is a few weeks ago. I felt bad giving physical money to, mm. to, to the woman in boots. And mm. even when you think about it, it's not just as what, what will control you more than anything. It's what do others think of me? I mean, that's like, it, not, that's so, so I was, smart. I was so, I felt so bad because I, in the, mm. in not analyzing my own thoughts, this woman is going to think I'm not a good citizen was exactly. what went through my brain. And that's the whole concept of Orwell's 1984. You mm. create the conditions so that society controls itself. Exactly. And, and you don't and, have to do anything. And on that, and I saw, and you know, I'm sorry, Connor, I know I keep interrupting, like, and it's because I do forget. (laughs) But my old point is as well, um, this is the other thing that they encourage now, which is again part of that kind of you need to tell tattle. If you see something, if you see your neighbor, not, Mm. not, you need to report them to the (laughs) guarantee. If you see your your neighbor going outside the two kilometer radius, you yes. bloody report them. And then, yes. and, and I've seen like my, you know, housemate has said that, you know, the poor woman, her, she, this, there's a woman, her kids are in all day. She lets them cycle the bikes outside, which of course they're socially distanced for a mm. half an hour in the day. And another neighbor said to her, I could report you for having those kids oh out. And she was this like, unreal, come on, it? they're out for half an hour. You know, this kind of thing. Oh my God. They're, yeah. That hmm. reminds me. We, I was actually saying to you, a week or two ago, or when this all kicked off a month ago, yeah. I was saying to you, 
when you read 1984, you think to yourself, how can that possibly happen? How can we get into a totalitarian state where people want to be in the totalitarian mm -hmm, state, mm -hmm. where they're reporting about each other, where they're controlling each other, and now we see it actually coming to fruition in our own mm -hmm. society. So it's amazing to actually live an event like this where you can see how it could happen. Now, I, don't, I, I still would be optimistic, Roisin, that we're not mm -hmm. going to go that way, but that's another conspiracy theory that we have here the 1984 conspiracy or the totalitarian tiptoe conspiracy yeah. which is we're being trained and conditioned for future control all of these measures are coming in because of this virus we'll get used to the measures and now that will be just what we're used to and then it's just we're used to more restrictions we're used to being controlled we're used to being surveilled etc and so on but that's a separate one i just want to actually uh, finish up with what you said was so brilliant i thought in terms of if we get chipped with the immunity mm. passport which everyone will want because yeah, it's worse gives you a little bit of your freedom back well, and then freedom. Mm. you have this social shame idea that you are not being socially responsible mm. you are living in the dark ages if you're going around with cash then it makes sense that we need the idea is going to come out look guys cash is for the past it's dirty as you said they'll put all these marketing words on it they'll yeah. create the conditions where you'll be looked down upon you'll be shamed if you're using cash and yeah. then it's just you're, so, very, you're so right you'll be like the beggar on the street yeah probably. and then it's such a natural progression mm. to take your cash and put it on your immunity passport and now, of course, they'll change the word of the chip to something better. But the whole idea is boiling the frog, totalitarian mm. tiptoe, just bit by bit by bit, sneaking up. You know, the whole idea, if anyone doesn't know, boiling the frog, you put the frog in water, but it's cold water. And then very gently, you start increasing the temperature of the water. And the frog can't feel the temperature increasing because it just increases a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And then before long, the frog is boiled to death. But the yeah. frog never knew it was being boiled to death because exactly. it happened over a slow, a prolonged period. Whereas and if you drop the frog in boiling water, it would hop out mm, straight away because mm, it was too intense, too mm, quick. But that's, yeah. yeah. Now in the past, Roisin, mm. Are we, how are we doing? We're nearly an hour and a half. We'll have to wrap up soon because I don't want to be telling. Mm. But in the past, Roisin, the most effective strategy mm. by a mile for social change mm. was war. But the thing about war is, I think, in today's day and age, the psychological manipulators, whatever you want to call them, the elitists, in other words, I don't even want to say it, but I mean, they call it Illuminati, all, whatever mm. this, this is. If, if these people do exist, which it seems like there are some people in power who want to propagate more power that i don't think we can refute that that's historically mm. um seems historically accurate they used war in previous times to in uh, to bring in the social measures that they wanted but because they are so technologically advanced now in terms of their understanding of the human psyche and the masses war is probably an extremely ineffective technique they can just use these measures 
these because they have complete control over people what people think anyway via the media and the propaganda mm. the, that war is probably an outdated method of control now There's yes probably, you no know, one's going to accept that now yeah now this of i'm specifically speaking in the first world obviously there's still rampant yeah. wars i mean you and i are very fortunate in that we are in a very uh, in a position where we're not exposed to any conflict but mm-hmm. across the world these techniques are still being used but in the in the first world countries they don't use war as a technique they use psychological manipulation mm-hmm. it seems to me again we don't mm-hmm. know any of this i haven't researched i've researched a bit but i'm not i haven't sourced these materials it's just what we are observing and what we think but we're not this could be all nonsense what we're saying but look this was the fun part <laughs> i know and, and yes and and i just want to and then again on the orwellian stuff um you know mm. even we're talking about there is the double speak happening at this time as well and i love because mm. i just want to say that the quote that they're saying the stand together by staying apart yeah, concept again like again this is it is stuff, you know, coming coming true, I suppose, you know, that, yes. you know, it's a like, and you look at that and that makes, that makes sense, but no sense. Yeah, I know. Sense in the what they're feeding us right now, but no yes. sense, you know. Yes. And and then even kind of like the fact that on, on a basic human level that we are supposed to be together as humans to survive. Yeah. The concept yeah. of what this says you know, it really makes you isolated and and yeah. more on an individual in, in that kind of an individualism frame yeah. of mind of everyone else is the enemy. I have to look after myself. It's not a, yeah. you know. Anyway. Yeah. No. We'll just. I want you to talk about the immunity finally, but before mm-hmm. we get and the vaccines, that kind of conspiracy. Oh, yeah. But before we get to that, Roshin, I'll finish off with this thought mm-hmm. in that I still don't think with my limited knowledge, which it is right now, that we're going mm-hmm. towards this 1984 because the reason is, as I said, mm-hmm. the psychological manipulation has been so effective that I yeah. don't see the reason why they would go towards that way because if you go towards restrictions mm. and things of that nature people start thinking a little bit more because more. Their f- because their freedoms are being taken away a little bit and you mm-hmm. don't want people thinking so the society that we live in now i would consider much more like brave new world aldous huxley's brave mm. new world and not 1984 which was written a few, i think a couple of years or a decade or two before 1984 and the principle behind that is mm. that there was this drug i can't remember what it was called but it was basically a happy drug and yeah. people would just take that was their diet that was their daily diet is taking this happy drug yeah and basically that would keep them docile it would keep them in line it would keep them from questioning their reality. And this seems to be more the society that we live in, where we have the whole Roman bread and stuff. Soma, I just looked it up. Soma, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have we live in a society of bread and circuses, mm-hmm. which is taken from the Roman times, where basically people there. are people mm-hmm. are their bellies are full with drugs, adulterated food which keeps them uh, sick, unwell, but also docile dumbed down and drugged up because the food is full of drugs and then their their lives are filled with circuses Mm. which is entertainment netflix sports nonsense news soaps complete absolute nonsense 
mm. which keeps them distracted. And another thing that we'll actually get into, which is very interesting about this, is I've just gone through Noam Chomsky's manufacturing consent, and mm. he segregates. This is kind of, this is going to be funny for you and I when we talk about it another day. But he mm. he says that. The elite, the elite who control the media, segregate the population into two groups. You have 20%, which is the political class, and then mm. you have 80%, which is the masses. And the masses are just what I talked about there, which is the goal to, the goal to control the masses is just to distract them. Mm. which is um, what I said there in terms of bread and circuses. And the goal to control the political class is to feed them with propaganda. So you and I know someone yes. who is able to <laughs> That's so smart, say isn't verbatim it? what the national broadcaster is saying. And yeah. they are usually the teachers, the managers, they are also they also keep the 80% in control because they're intellectuals, they believe they're smart. As I said, they're the managers of society. So mm. you have to indoctrinate them. They have good verbal language yes, skills. They're they, very, you know, they seem they're educated. verbose. So, exactly. you, you, yeah. They, they seem intimidating like they to discuss with them. Yeah. Yeah, they seem like they know what they're talking about. But the idea yeah. is they're an extremely important part of the control machine mm. because they are able to take your ideas that you propagate down to them and disseminate those ideas to the rest I know. of society. So that's interesting. Again, these are but all perspectives. Like, but it reminds me, Connor, we always say this, it's like a ball of wool. Like, I, you know, you know, give them something to distract themselves. It's like giving their, 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 there's two different groups of cats and one group of cats, one ball of wool is Netflix and the other group of cats that are the more intellectuals are the the ball of wool is as you said national broadcaster political mm. dilemmas you know yeah, <laughs> but they're absolutely. all just distracting balls of wool exactly. for cats to play with they're all circuses and, yeah. and and that's and that's the other thing i want to say i was just curious about your opinion on you know the way is it considered or maybe this isn't it you know the way the whole concept is the people are being given 300 currently in ireland now mm. anyone private business that lost money can't work because of coronavirus mm. restrictions that they're given 350 euro a week yeah. like is that anything with the whole bread and circuses it's not like it's enough to manage that you, you don't revolt because it's mm, you can exactly. manage like, is there any of that what did you think about that is there anything i haven't thought about that but that's the whole idea behind yeah. government's needing to control their population you do not want them thinking you do not want no. you need to in terms of bread and circuses roshin mm. you need to exactly as you said you don't want them hungry you need to keep them under control mm. enough but you need to keep their basic needs met so exactly that they, don't, they don't they don't want to they don't have no need to be uh, to revolt you need to give them enough drugs so when we say mm. drugs what we mean is not just pharmaceutical drugs but Things that Connor, basic, basic human needs. Sorry? Hello? Sorry? Hello? Hello? I'm there, you're there now. Sorry, yeah. I lost when you we, for a second. No problem. When we, see, when we say drugs, mm. what we're saying is giving people their basic human needs that, mm. that decreases, that takes away their motivation to mm. pursue anything else. So let's just talk about food, for example. Mm -hmm. if, if a human is hungry, they're extremely mm. motivated to find food. I know, yes. So if you satisfy that need with bread or whatever, you know, mm. bread is just a, an analogy for food, then that human is less motivated. That human mm. now, the basic human state is general 
generally you could call it laziness, but the basic human state mm. is to conserve energy. Mm. So if you're able to distract a human with circuses mm. and, give, and, and make sure that their basic human needs are met, mm. they don't have a reason to do anything else. Exactly. So it's what you said, this 350 euro probably gives humans, the current ones in Ireland anyway, it satisfies mm. all their basic needs in terms of shelter, food and entertainment. Yeah, and I know there'll be a percentage population that'll be like, you cracked, I have five children and this isn't covering me. But mm. for the majority, I'm sure 350 euro, you know, I don't, see, way to I don't see any revolt anyway, yeah, Connor, is the summary. So way. it must be all right. Yeah, well, that's another way to keep people distracted, Roshan, is to keep them distracted with their kids. Mm. As long as the people are distracted, that is the main goal. Do not let mm. people think. Do not mm. let them question authority. Exactly. Just get them on drugs, distracted. Yes. Entertained. But that was, yeah. So that was uh, interesting. I just wanted to bring up that 350 euro because the minute I heard that, I was like, is this what this is? Bread and circuses. <laughs> mm. Well, I'd have to think about it more, I'm sure. Again, there's loads of different perspectives, Ross, yeah. which we're not going to get into today. But one perspective no. is, that this is great, like what the elites would say is something mm. to the effect of humans are animals anyway. So the best thing we can, <laughs> the best thing we can do for them is to make them docile, to take away their instincts to hunt and <clears throat> progress and want more. Let's just make mm. them docile. It's good for their own. It's 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 for their own good. These this these are different perspectives that we'd have to research. And mm. you and I, people. People who are in your and I position may have a perspective. Mm. Now, I don't have this perspective, but a perspective you could take also is that this is great that this is hap- that the government does this to the average people because this yeah. then provides people like you and I a safe society, a safe civilization to pursue what we want to pursue. Mm. And mm. that is an argument that an elite might take. What an elite might take is, look... Yeah. We're doing this to you in terms of your population. We're dumbing you down via education. We're giving you bread and circuses. We're giving you all this entertainment. But that is your choice that you accept that because mm. we have a civil, we have created a civilization. Whereas if you want to get up off your arse, if you want to do whatever you want to do, you have the for the first time in history, in civilized history, you have the opportunity to do whatever you want to do in this world. Yeah. And that is the civilization that has been created for us. So you can also look at it from that perspective, Roshan. You know, you've got to mm. take all these different perspectives Absolutely. into account. You have to look at them as the elite, as not look at what they, they're doing for us. It's not yeah. well, the again, opportunities that they're creating for us, we'll yeah. say. Yeah, well, there's a very important book that I need to go through, Tragedy and Hope, Carl Quigley, and oh, he yeah. apparently had access to a lot of the minutes and a lot of the documents that he's elite. And he was a very respected historian and he actually wrote a book about all of their intentions and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But his conclusion was, I actually think this is good, but I just wish they wouldn't do it in secret. So here's a guy who doesn't seem to have nefarious intentions, who looks at this and there are, and this is a problem, maybe it's a place in the brain or maybe these people have a lack of empathy or Mm -hmm. I don't know, but there are lots of people out there who have this opinion and maybe they're Darwinists, we'd have to look into that mm. as well, 
who perceive certain humans as below them and the best thing that we can do for those humans and for Mm -hmm. society is to put them in a zoo in a cage Mm. where they're not barbaric where they're where they're quote-unquote civilized in a docile way and that is what's best for everyone Mm. and i don't know roshin what's right i don't know if any of that is right or if any of that's accurate in terms of accurate information and then i don't know if it's accurate or if it's right morally to me it doesn't seem right but look we can it's hard and then isn't it funny and this is where can i just say on the opinion of my older brother remember he had said to Mm. me he was listening to the texans talk about coronavirus and like some you know right-wing conservative texans and they were just like you know let the people die and um Mm. you know if they the older people die from coronavirus let's all just be free and look there will be some losses but what the hell you know let you know whoever vulnerable dies and my brother commented oh my god imagine what would be like if it just shows you what could happen if we weren't civilized so it's so funny you're after saying you know is it moral to civilize us and he's on the thing of Imagine how immoral it would be to be uncivilized. I know, exactly. It's very hard to know right now Mm. um, from my perspective because I do have a limited knowledge base Mm -hmm. of history. Of um, one, okay, I know we're going on, but one place we have to study is anthropology. Look Mm -hmm. at what native people do in their native environment. Mm. and what humans do without the influence of civilization and propaganda yeah. and the and this and a system of money which makes people get into different behaviors that are perhaps not good for them or society mm. um Roshin, we better finish up here do you want to just say your conspiracy no i'll the only one only other theory i have or i'm not as a theory but the only other thing that are a theory that is out there is just no it's the concept of again now i just heard another person um i don't know how to pronounce his surname but my brother again and he sent me something else about this dr shiva i don't know his surname it's a y y a d u r a i and he's a scientist and he's phd Mm. in biological engineering and his concept is just again, and I just think it, but I don't think, I think I'm repeating some stuff, Connor. It's like ultimately it just comes into the same of vac- vaccinating everybody. That the whole concept is that, you know, big pharma, big ag, they support, er- they control everything. And it's mm. about, and that they're talking about moving away from drugs, which can't get approved because they've got negative side effects and moving towards this concept that everyone needs to be vaccinated for everyone and that we're constantly freaking out if we don't have vaccines. And number one, vaccines, they can't be, it's the whole idea that can't be sued for them. And now I don't know how accurate that is, but, mm. you know, again, I think it just, that's all I just wanted to say. And there now, you know, the way there was the, the there was the crowd that were very anti-vaxxers and now even, and even people that I would have known that would be against act, actively vaccinating their kids, it, Corona is so smart because now they're just so afraid of death that this is, yeah. this is overpowering even the, the people that would have been strong anti-vaxxers you know mm-hmm. their corona is so frightening and just again connor I, it just goes against it flies against my whole 
you know, what are in any of these vaccines? And again, this is the whole thing, we're asking for them. So not really, it's not yeah. a new point. I'm just... We're going to beg to be vaccinated. <laughs> we're going to beg to be vaccinated. It's unbelievable. Like, you know, no, it's not unbelievable, but that's actually, we are begging to be vaccinated and it's just wild mm. now. That's all. That's yeah. all I had still no, is my last great. thing to say. Well, it'll be so interesting now to... See how that goes. Look back yeah. on this and listen back in 50 years when we're 84 years old. Mm-hmm exactly hashtag, hashtag 34 yesterday hashtag yeah it was my birthday yesterday shout out to solo birthday party yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right cool i think we did a good job there covering yeah. everything you happy enough with that i am it was a great discussion and right, see what happens well, we'll wrap it up there and Thanks for anyone who listened, hopefully. It was a little bit fun anyway. Fun slash, yes, a little historical moment for recording. Yeah, a little little bit of history. We're kind of history. A little bit of history, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Let's leave it there then. We'll go on to our next. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Roisin. Okay. Bye now. Chat to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.